this is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a five-part conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn on navigating an increasingly complex sanctions landscape. This podcast series is sponsored by K2 Intelligence Finn. In this conversation, I'm joined by Adam Frey. Adam is a managing director at K2 Intelligence Finn, working across both financial crimes, risk, and compliance, investigations, and disputes practices. As a key member of the firm's independent consultant team, at the direction of federal, state, and international regulators, he works to monitor and assess global financial institutions' compliance with AML and OFAC enforcement actions and related consent orders. Frey helps K2 Finn's intelligence reviews of institutions, BSA, and AML sanctions programs. He helps clients mitigate risk associated with litigation, alleged misconduct, to ensure their anti-corruption and international financial sanctions policies and procedures. Also, Eric Lorber, who is the vice president at K2 Intelligence Finn, where he advises global financial institutions on issues related to sanctions and AML and combating financing for the terrorist compliance. Prior to joining K2 Intelligence, Fannie was senior advisor to the Undersecretary of Terrorism and Financial Intelligence at the U.S. Department of Treasury, where he provided strategic guidance on U.S. sanctions, AML, and CFT policies. He's previously worked at Gibson, Dunn, and Crutcher, where he advised clients on the areas of international trade and compliance. In this series, we will take a look at the current landscape. In episode two, building sanctions into your compliance program. Three, so you think you violated a sanctions breach, what happens next? Four, a new exposure for corporates and shipping space. And conclude with what's down the road. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Adam Frey for our concluding episode in our five-part series. Today, we're going to go to one of my favorite places, that veiled land of the future, to ask how to prepare for what's next and issues that Adam sees on the horizon. So, Adam, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Great to be back and and look forward to our discussion again. Adam, we've talked about all the specifics uh, really on the latest on sanctions, but what can companies do to not only address them and and prepare for the unknown? Uh, Thanks, Tom. That's a a really great question and and obviously the $64,000 question here. Um, I I know my colleague Eric touched on this a little bit in in one of the other episodes, Um, but just to expand on that a little bit more, I think the very first thing is make sure all staff uh, understand their sanctions risk and the importance of complying with the organization's sanctions obligations. Uh, and, and we talked a little bit about this before in a previous episode, but really the, the two critical components there are, are tone from management, tone from the top, uh, and ongoing training. Uh, and, and those are going to be critical to having uh, each and every person internalize uh, and their ownership of, of, of the risk. Uh, the second is staying informed of the very fast moving landscape. Um, subscribe to regulatory updates and alerts. Uh, subscribe to industry alerts. Uh, to the extent you have time, you know, keep abreast of, uh, of the developments in the news and, and industry, um, you know, industry publications. Um, third, uh, ensure that you have adequate resources to address um, address the the issues. So that can include, uh, you know, um, trying to leverage existing resources uh, where possible, or or even leveraging third party providers if and when your internal resources 
um, are not available or, or aren't sufficiently or don't have the sufficient or, or appropriate expertise. Adam, you said something in an earlier podcast about having each employee own their own financial risk, giving them the training on what they need to look for, uh, giving them the uh, ongoing support, perhaps uh, educating them on how they could either speak up, raise their hand, or get the information to a subject matter expert in compliance. Would that be a way that you could see a uh, entity having both not only the flexibility to deal with uh, future uh, issues that are on the horizon, but also sort of the the robustness of a compliance program that could uh, go in a different direction uh, if it had to do so? Yeah, I, I think absolutely, Tom. I think, you know, a, a, to the extent that you can get each person at the ground level, uh, you know, understanding the, that they're responsible for um, the, the sanctions risk, or, or at least understanding what the sanctions risk is um, of their activity, of their product. Um, and that, you know, at the end of the day, it, the, the bank's risk or the institution's risk is, is their risk as well. Um, you, that culture of compliance and that culture of uh, understanding that risk can only redound to the benefit of the organization. Uh, you'll always need the, the compliance department, the second line of defense uh, and the control functions. But, uh, you know, to the extent you have buy-in from from all employees, uh, it definitely is something I think that can only be for the for the good. And one of the, my observations about the coronavirus health crisis has been that it didn't really start new trends in compliance, but it may have accelerated trends that were already in place. So I was wondering um, what you might see as some of the other trends. Do you see those trends accelerating because of the massive changes we've literally had in the last 30, 60, 90 days? Where perhaps else should a financial uh, crimes compliance practitioner look? So, so from a sanctions perspective, Tom, it, you know, I, I think um, one of the interesting things that we're seeing is um, that there are multiple different programs uh, and uh, targeting either list-based or, or or countries, but you're actually starting to see the overlap there. And I think to your point about uh, things accelerating. You really see how uh, globally connected and, and how everything kind of ties together. Uh, so, for example, you'll see how currently, uh, you know, the the OFAC is looking at targeting Chinese entities, but it's under the Iran program or their Russian entities under the Venezuela program. And so you really start uh, or, or Iranian entities under the Venezuela program. So I think you're starting to see how connected everything is to, to itself. And you really can't look at things in isolation. Um, I think another big uh, trend, and, and I know my colleague Eric spoke about this uh, before, is how uh, the government or OFAC and, and the U.S. government is now expanding out um, their sanctions enforcement and their scrutiny beyond the traditional financial institutions and more towards um everyday corporations in the maritime industry, in the shipping industry, insurers, port operators, uh, and and corporations that I think have never really thought of themselves in that space. And, and I think that's something that uh, goes to the awareness that we were just talking about, where people really need to understand how these risks apply to them uh, in, a, in a very real and tangible way, that it's not theoretical, it's not outside of 
their purview. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the government is going to expect certain things from their company, and their company is then going to expect certain things from them. Adam, as we conclude this series and this podcast, I was wondering if there is anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with uh, from this series. I guess from my perspective, it's uh, the dynamic nature of, obviously, we talked about the dynamic nature of, of sanctions and how under this administration they have moved so dramatically and so quickly. But I also see and I've heard from you guys really uh, a same same sort of dynamicism in compliance programs and the need for compliance programs to be agile and nimble to res- respond to these. Uh, anything else that uh, you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, thanks, Tom. Yeah, and just a couple of thoughts to add to that. You know, one to that point about uh, the nimble compliance organization and also to the point about the, you know, sort of accelerating effect of, of COVID-19. Um, you know, despite the economic crisis, regulators are showing no sign of decreasing scrutiny or enforcement of, of sanctions or really any kind of uh, financial crime um, uh, violations, be it sanctions, fraud, uh, bribery, corruption. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, to the, even if resources are tight now, we see constant pressure to cut costs, the, you know, performance will be down, uh, and bottom line will be impacted even more. I think it's critical that now is not the time for uh, compliance programs to, to go lax or, or to let down their guard. Uh, in fact, it's probably a time to be even more uh, more rigorous in in what you're evaluating. Um, second, I think you know to the extent that um, violations do occur, and, and obviously uh, you know no organization can be perfect, and no compliance program can be perfect. But uh, to the extent that you can demonstrate a strong program and a strong track record uh, before something happens. Uh, we've seen that you know the way the the government may look at you uh, would be impacted by that. So again, I think this goes to the idea that uh, now is the time if there isn't a problem when it's really the time to put the resources in and get your house in order so that if something happens down the line, you can demonstrate that you had a strong program in place uh, to try and prevent it uh, in the first place. Uh, you know, that, that old adage, I hate to say it, but the ounce of prevention is, is worth a, a pound of cure. Uh, and I, I think in that this case and with compliance in general, it, it's very much true. Um, and, and finally, just to add to the point that uh, at least with sanctions in particular, um, that scrutiny is expanding beyond the traditional industries and corporations and financial institutions where it's been focused. And so... Um, it, maritime industry, shipping, insurance, um, a lot of other companies that export control, that deal with exports to some of these countries and, and, and high-risk geographies that may not have thought that really either the sanctions applied to them or that they had to worry about it um, probably need to uh, make sure they're getting up to speed on, on these different programs. And, and finally, um, you know, there are resources out there that can help you do that. Adam, I wanted to thank you again. This has been a fascinating uh, series of podcasts, and I really appreciate you visiting with our audience to help understand this uh, this particular set of problems. So I hope we can continue the conversation. Thanks, Tom. It's been my pleasure and, and really appreciate you having, having us on for the conversation and, and look forward to, to speaking again. 
Hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode in conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn on navigating an increasingly complex sanctions landscape with Adam Frey, Managing Director at K2 Intelligence Finn, and Eric Lorber, Vice President at K2 Intelligence Finn. This five-part podcast series was a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network, sponsored by K2 Intelligence Finn.